0: Hello and welcome to The Appetite, a podcast brought to you by Opal Food and Body Wisdom, an eating disorder treatment center in Seattle, Washington. I'm your host, Carter Umhau, a therapist, artist, and writer. And today, as we enter the new year of 2020, we are all sitting down together, the three Opal co-founders and myself, to discuss kind of our alternative to New Year's resolutions, which is self-inquiry. So, hi hello, to all the three of you. Hello. 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 So, we've got Julie, Kara, and Lexi here. And, Lexi, you have been spearheading the RODBT or the Radically Open Dialectical Behavioral Therapy modality and group at opal Mm -hmm. and this idea of self-inquiry comes from that realm yes can you explain it to us and
1: we've added a self-inquiry group at opal and so this this podcast is about bringing self-inquiry group into the podcast (laughs) so we're (laughs) kind of we're going to today do self-inquiry in in a similar way that we do with our clients in self-inquiry group so self-inquiry is this process of Moving towards dysregulation, so moving towards emotions that we typically try to avoid in order to learn. Like Because there's this assumption we're making that emotions have something to teach us and emotions help us grow as people and move towards the people we wanna be. And so self-inquiry is this place of kind of going where you don't typically go and asking questions that are atypical and that may pop you out of old stories or kind of old well-worn grooves so that maybe you could see the dysregulation from a different perspective or from a perspective that hasn't been um, seen. And so we do a lot of looking at old stories and um, asking questions like, are you regulated? And if you're regulated, what question might you be able to ask in order to move you towards the dysregulation. And we do this often in pairs in self-inquiry, but we also can do this self-inquiry work in, in journal work. So I I keep a self-inquiry journal and um, use it to dive into self-inquiry on my own. So you can do this on by yourself with a piece of paper and a pen.
0: One of the reasons why we're bringing this to the podcast during this time of year is that oftentimes people are setting all these different new year's resolutions and goals for themselves that are a bit more black and white. Maybe they're wanting to accomplish something. Maybe they're wanting to change something entirely. Oftentimes there's a lot of like food and body oriented goals out in our culture. And this is a really different way to approach growth and transformation coming more from a place of like asking yourself questions Mm -hmm. and holding this sort of space of tension in your life Um, that you can live into and live with rather than solving or fixing something instead.
1: Right, exactly. So New Year's resolutions are usually about behavior change of some sort. Some problem solving kind of modality is used with New Year's resolutions. And the self-inquiry process kind of provides an alternative um, way, as you said, to um, exploring ourselves and if you come with a quick answer to a question in self-inquiry, then you're likely more in problem solving mode than you are in self-inquiry because self-inquiry will kind of open open things up, and you don't you don't typically find quick answers in self-inquiry. the The issues, the the um, curiosity and the process tends to be quite complicated where there aren't quick answers or solutions.
0: So you asked us to all do a little bit of journaling around some hopes that we have for the next year, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. um, based off of some of the disappointments that we've had in the past year. Mm-hmm. Is that the way that you would put it?
1: Yeah. So that this, you know, to to take kind of that same feeling that you have, that maybe you have as you're, you're thinking about 2020 and what it could look like, that maybe that familiar angst to all of us of like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I wish my life was different in this way, and this is going to be my year. (laughs) You know, this is it. Finally, I'm going to arrive at this place and make these changes, Come, bring on January 1st, because that's when my new life is, is going to begin. So take that same feeling that you have around New Year's resolutions, the emotion, the angst about something not quite where you want it to be in your life, And instead of developing a behavior change or a problem solve, move into the self-inquiry process of asking, what's the learning here? What are these emotions trying to teach me about my life and who I am in the world?
0: Mm -hmm. Do you feel open to leading us through that? I know we just did our journaling off off mic. It would have been a very (laughs) silent, (laughs) very (laughs) silent portion
1: of the podcast, but yeah. Leading you through my journal work? Or even
0: how oh. to talk about our own. Okay, yeah. yeah. Either.
1: So, yeah, so what I thought we would do is each of us could share. We all, like, like Carter said, we all just did um, about three to five minutes of of journal self-inquiry work. And self-inquiry work is always three to five minutes. So just short kind of visits to the dysregulation, not something to necessarily live in. So more of a visiting the cemetery, not living in the cemetery. What I thought we could do is each of us could share what our process in whatever way we feel inclined. So you could share your entire process of, you could just read verbatim what you wrote. You could share kind of the final question you landed on. You could share kind of your overall process of doing the self-inquiry rather than the actual content. And the part that I think could get real interesting between the four of us <laughs> is if we if we start to comment on each other's self-inquiry work. And I'm open to doing this with you all. And we do this in self-inquiry group as well, where you maybe hear something and what somebody said that maybe you, you think might be um, they're missing or that, that could be a question, an edgy question that could bring up some energy for them. And, and you can throw that question out. Now, we always say when you throw that question out you you don't assume that it's going to be edgy for the person right just because maybe you assume that it'll be edgy you know it's of course we're always asking did that did that question that i posed to you did that bring up energy and if it didn't then maybe there's there's nothing there's nothing there but if it did and you found yourself kind of wincing um at the question ah that could be a sign that there's some good potentially some good learning in it, because we usually don't wince when we don't care about (laughs) about something. So maybe that question hit on something. So I'm open to us asking each other questions um, as we share about our self-inquiry. So our self-inquiry work has already been done. Like we've already done the self-inquiry. And now this is just sharing of the self-inquiry, which is two very different experiences, just to make that clear. Okay.
2: So people wouldn't typically be sharing their self inquiry unless they're in a self-inquiry group. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or they yes. want to bring it to a friend or Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Cool. Okay. So does anybody wanna start? Do you want me to start since I feel like you should start. Okay. <laughs> <gasps> okay. So you can kind of know how it goes, because none of you have been in self-inquiry group, right? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to really think about my New Year's resolutions of the last, you know, 35 years of my life and the one that's always present and maybe is like so relevant to our clients is like there's something wrong with me. There's some like my body isn't what I want it to be. I want it to be like like the what's coming up for me this year is like I want the body that I had when I was 30. That's the experience I've had this this year. That's the vision is the thirty year old how can I get back there, and what can I do to get there? I'm not speaking specifically about the aesthetic though aging is a component of my angst, but I'm also talking about like health i don't want I don't want the the problems that I have now that I didn't have then
0: mm,
1: mm-hmm. so there's it's a whole picture of like this life that I would have. If I only could be back in that body and have that same body again. So this is, it's dysregulating for me to share that because of course that's like, I, it's hard to, it's hard that that's, that old story is still very much present. I mean, that's like so tired mm-hmm. and I'm so tired of myself. And I wrote, you know, questions like, what is your problem? Old story every year, fix it. It should be easy. Why do I give a shit? Um, and then where I went in my self-inquiry is with that question, why do I give a shit, which I actually use that question a lot in self-inquiry, is that the idea, what I'm really wanting with that body, the 30-year-old body, is that I would feel loved in a different way or that I think kind of, I went into like, um, I, I want to feel loved. What do, Why do I give a shit? I want to feel loved. Then I wrote, but I already feel loved. <laughs> <laughs> so why do I still have this feeling? But what if I'm not loved in the way I would like to be loved? Um, and then I wrote, regulating. This is regulating to think of this future love, but dysregulating to think of what's missing now. Exhausted by doing life on my own. What is this love? What about me is not allowing this love? Old story. Something is wrong with me that can be fixed. There is nothing wrong with me. And that I found to be regulating and then dysregulating. um, I went into questions like, What if there is something wrong with me and there is nothing I can do about it? I'm stuck. And um, then I went to do nothing, change nothing. That's the opposite. And that's dysregulating the idea of just, this is just it. And then that's also regulating because it's like, oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I struggled to figure out. And so through all of that, I found myself regulated and dysregulated back and forth. And I think where I probably felt the most dysregulation through that process was What about me is not allowing this love in, this love that I'm wanting? That seems to be probably the area of most dysregulation as I share about it.
0: So I'm hearing that like what started as a feeling about your body and wishing that your body was like it was when it was 30, um, they could have been, like, in another world or another person turned into a resolution to, like, get that body back somehow, which, mm. by the way, is impossible. Sorry. Thanks, um, <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, for everybody. We can't go back in time. But you you turned this into such a beautiful inquiry around, like, what that actually means to you to sort of return to this body or return to a time and, like, asking these questions around, like, what it means to – feel like you have access or don't have access to the love and the life that you want to have Mm -hmm. and that seems like such a bigger such a more tender question to be asking Mm -hmm. rather than this sort of like how do i fix my body and Mm -hmm. make it act like a 30 year old again it's like it has such deeper roots Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it opens it up yeah yeah Mm -hmm. in this experience of self-inquiry i i feel kind of lost in it. Like, I'm not sure where it, kind of, where I'm at in listening to Carter reflect on my self-inquiry made, brought up dysregulation for me. And I'm, I'm not even sure what it is about what you said that hit me, but something hit me. And so I guess at, at this, at this place, like in my self-inquiry work, I would probably, I, I may just shut the book on my, my self-inquiry today and then come back to this tomorrow or later. Cause there's something there's something in me that's moving as mm-hmm. we talk about this. And as I went through this and I, I don't feel, I don't feel clear on yet where I'm headed. And that is characteristic. That's like quintessential self-inquiry is where you feel kind of lost and you're, you're at your edge where you're known as meeting your unknown. And I feel like I'm walking into some unknown with, mm-hmm. with this self-inquiry. Um, So there's something, something, um, that I don't yet understand about myself. That I think I can learn. I don't think I'm going to have a com- like behavior change as a result of this. Learning, right. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It makes me curious about why why step away from it. Mm-hmm. I think like when I get more emotional, I start going more and more towards it. Yeah. Maybe because it happens pretty rarely, unfortunately, but like I want to get deeper. Yeah.
1: I I actually, to be honest with you, Carter, I really feel like crying right now yeah. and because I like I told Julie yesterday, like I've been trying, I wish I could cry. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling like I have so much emotion that is locked up inside of me. And we've been, you know, like the compulsive striving thing, I think kind of disconnects me from my emotion and just mm-hmm. the slowing down for a moment. I'm actually yearning to be in the emotion. Yes. I think, as part of this podcast, yeah. I'm thinking like <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, I don't want the listeners to think that they're that they have to do these hours of um, self inquiry <laughs> and being in an emotion. So that's actually true. Truly, where I'm, what I feel like doing yeah. <laughs> right now. But just for for folks who are listening, it just it doesn't have to be um, you know a long process of being in dysregulation it can be a short three to five minutes and then move on about your day and maybe come back to it Mm -hmm. the next day or the next week even
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
3: i feel like to what i've heard often in the self-inquiry process is just then at least making clear what's the question at the very end of that moment if you are going to walk away right Mm -hmm. Right. because yeah it seems like then you can find that point again
1: yep right Oh like highlight a highlighted question that I'll come back to maybe um, later.
3: Like, do you imagine you'll
2: go back to it tonight?
1: Mm, doubt it. I'm
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just <laughs> curious.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe I would like to, but we're in such yeah. compulsive striving mode. I just feel it's, I'm not finding myself giving my, I'm in a very OC phase of life right now. And so, I can feel how self inquiry is really going opposite to OC mm-hmm. which uh, is over control over control yeah over yeah. my um productivity is on high gear right now so it feels really actually quite soothing to me to sit in self inquiry mm-hmm. so, so what about others um
0: I keep a journal in general and I think when I'm like wrestling with some emotion or like wanting to learn more about it, I just start writing in kind of more free form. So there's something that's more restrictive about asking these really particular questions about like where I'm dysregulated or regulated. I think because it, I'm like, well, but if I'm thinking about it, I'm like trying to move toward that. And my hope is often to like sort of walk through the woods into a clearing where I feel like there's a lot of emotion there. Other people would maybe not experience that as, like, a clearing. But to me, it's like, oh, like, this is the question or this is the feeling. I'm a bit locked up in some ways around, like, what I feel about this. But I was trying to explore as, like, I guess one of my hopes for the year is to be way better with my downtime. And I feel like I, like probably a lot of people, waste a lot of time on my phone and have all these desires for how I would use that time and sort of this ideal version of me and this ideal version of my life that would include like way more reading and way more creativity and way more adventure. And then I'm like, how did I just zone out on my phone for that whole hour? Like that could have been enriching time. And my goals often are like, I want to do this differently or I need to put the structure in place to make that better or this easier or something like that. But in my self-inquiry process, I think I came to more of the place of like not berating myself for not using the time better but asking myself the question of like why am I avoiding things that I want? Because that's – there's – you know, phones are addictive, yes, but also like I'm choosing that regularly instead of – like immediately going on a walk or immediately picking up a book instead or something like that. I'm choosing to distract myself regularly. So I was asking questions like why am i avoiding creative habits. Um, what will it cost me emotionally to be more present to myself? And is it worth it? Like That's sort of a sad part of it. Why do I want to be checked out? That feels like a much harder question to ask rather than like, sort of forcing myself to think through how to fix it, how to change it. Like what is it about my behaviors or about my life that's at, like I want to be checked out actually on mm-hmm. some deeper unconscious level more than I'm consciously choosing to be tuned in.
1: And as you as you share about that, um, what, where do you feel the most dysregulated? Did you notice any particular spots?
0: I think, it, it like I said, it was sad when I asked the question of like what will it cost me emotionally to be more present? To myself and is it actually worth it? I think that makes me really sad to think that I might not believe that it's worth it to be totally present with myself.
1: That well, sounds like you hit on a mm-hmm. a good question, a good yeah. dysregulating question.
0: Right. It's
2: such a good question. Thank you.
1: Both of yours. I mean, I'm noticing, <laughs> oh, it's really connecting
2: too to, yeah. to mm-hmm. hear people's process around a self-inquiry. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to hear... Yours yeah. too, Julie or Kara. Yeah. Mm. I,
2: could, I could go because it feels a little maybe thematic, not thematic, but some variation. And there's some inquiry for me around pushing myself. And I'm really aware even in outing it in here, or like with Julie and Lexi particularly, um, my heart's starting to race. And there's something too about like putting that out that feels vulnerable because they're impacted by me and my pushing or they I've wondered if they've had anger towards me or <laughs> so anyways there's an interpersonal piece to it i think as well but what i'm trying to pay more attention is to the cost of myself and this idea like the old story is can i handle this and i've noticed that i've had a lot of envy for People that can, like, kind of lead and do a lot of things and do it with more ease or even say, like, I like this or this is pleasurable or, like, not get so caught up and stressed by it. (laughs) Like, I I think I get really overstimulated and really what it comes down to that I was doing in my inquiry is what prevents me from taking care of myself and my body in the moment when I'm overstimulated. I think there's, again, like a self-imposed restriction because... I have a lot of privilege and I have a power and privilege in my position at Opal and just generally in the world. So it's like my own. I have privilege to take care of myself, but I choose not to at times. And there's a self imposed restriction. I mean, this has been going on since high school where I don't respond to what my body wants and I push and I push and I push and I push. And, I push. and I have this like old, like, I just want people to see that and take care of me and stop me from myself. <laughs> but I think it's really about me doing that and it's really hard. And I, and I don't even know if that's the right question of if that's what I'm trying to move towards of caring for myself and setting a boundary. Like I think of a perfect example is our leadership meetings that we have twice a week. I, uh, there's very often that I feel overstimulated and I don't set boundaries. And I don't know if I'm supposed—like, in some ways, I'm like, or is that just pushing myself and just being able to tolerate my own internal panic or dysregulation because we need to get through everything that we're getting through? But it feels like I've just been kind of wondering about that because I find that I crash after those meetings. And do I have to? Mm -hmm. And yet, Julian, Lex, you're impacted. I don't know what the... I actually don't really totally know what the question... I don't know what the question is other than it's a familiar story. I feel less interested in in ignoring my body's cues. But I also don't know what that means in the presence of other people. If I'm alone, it feels easier to, like, get what I kind of need to, like, calm my body down. But when I'm with people and I'm working, that feels more challenging.
1: Mm -hmm. And... You're tearful. Do you know what the tears, what, what's the dysregulation about?
2: I think talking about our leadership meetings in front, of, like having that be the topic with you guys. <laughs> okay. um, I don't know, maybe the vulnerability of that. And I think the piece about privilege is really becoming more apparent. I mean, as we're exploring our own privileges more in, in our work, um, I have some emotion around that too, of just like that, of recognizing the choice piece.
1: I don't know there's a mix of emotion with that too right because it's interesting that maybe where you would go in your journal self-inquiry is different than how where you would go in sharing about your journal self-inquiry right um totally so totally it sounds like there are lots of potential questions in the mix one one um encouragement I often give folks is that if they're not Get clear on a question, but they know there's something there is to just ask the question, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. and let it and let that sit rather than rushing to some kind of clear question, you know, just letting it sit there.
2: Yeah, the what is this feels appropriate with this. The old story felt clear, like, can I handle this is definitely the the cognitive thing that goes through my head with the overstimulation, but then the kind of where I go with it feels like what is this Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know as much of that but Mm -hmm. the can I handle this has been there for since high school Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Mm. which makes me sad yeah yeah when I like and there's not a lot of evidence that I can't either like or not um that's not that's not true (laughs) on the outside there's not a lot of evidence but on the inside do I even want to handle Mm -hmm. this I think I haven't entertained that question until recently. And maybe there's emotion in that because that's a big question and a scary question to ask, especially as it relates to work. <laughs> it's a very scary question because the implications seem more. Mm-hmm. And then and, and saying that in front of the, the two of my co-founders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a vulnerability. In that's, uh, that's something
1: uh, I'm doing right now is writing down Kara's question. Do I even want this? Because we do this in self-inquiry group when the person's dysregulated. We'll write down the questions for them so they can follow later on. So mm-hmm. I'll give that to you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Julie, I want to know about what your self-inquiry was all about. Uh, well, I, I came up another question that yeah? came up after listening to both of them. So that uh, I would, love that. You and know? that happens in self-inquiry okay. group. We learn from others' self-inquiry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The place where I started was just... In thinking about the New Year's resolution and coming back to sort of like hope or disappointment, um, it's just a continual question of like finding what fills me up and allowing that to be something that I would take time to know about myself. And so that was kind of what what does fill me up. And for me, some a lot of the dysregulation comes from trying to tease out what other people want of me and what other people think fills me up or should fill me up and trying to tease that out. Yeah, that disappointing others, then kind of coming back to myself. Okay, wait, it's about me. (laughs) It's about me. So who cares what other people are thinking? Kind of like wanting to try to do that. But it's, it, this, that's what keeps coming back and where a lot of the emotion and dysregulation is because it's like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not one to conform to others, but then am I someone that conforms to others? Like, Mm -hmm. kind of the, like, recognizing it was, is this a part of, when I think of an old story of just like, self-consciousness and like wrapping myself up into some of what other people would want or just cultural norms that, you know, developmental ages and things like that I can look at in my story. So, but then I'm like, I don't, am I com- somebody that conforms to others? Because I, I really, that doesn't align with my values at all. And so then that like, that's dysregulating. So then kind of going, okay, back to like, if I want that change in my life, then I have to like stay true to myself and and really honor that. And then I think the the thing that links up to Kara's <laughs> in what she was saying too, of just like, is that I fear that a lot of what actually does fill me up in the way that I am, the way that I do tick, doesn't sync up with maybe Lexi and Kara at times. And then that's going to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And like the disconnect that that would happen in our partnership. So I think And interestingly, like even just in thinking about it, like in my marriage partnership, it's always been a pretty clear reality that we're different in this way, that some of the things that fill me up are different. But I feel like with Lexi Care and I, it's been – that's maybe been more symbiotic. But I – even in like what Care is even exploring, like I see very specifically the question where she's going and where my question would be could not land in a place that would be symbiotic or like feels different. It would feel different than where we have been and functioning. And so that's – that would be – I'm not dysregulated right now, but it's really dysregulating to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But you, just, now you, you are. Got <laughs> yeah, because just... that would be – would mm-hmm. I be left alone? How am I going to be, yeah, in this partnership? What would be – will I ever – yeah, will there be mirroring? Will there be simil- – mm-hmm. like will I ever have that ability to see myself or feel like I get energized by
0: yeah.
3: a lot of the stimulation and a lot of the – the things Those are things that fill me up. So in what is downtime or what would be slowing down or what is self-care or what mm-hmm. is filling me up or if I'm pulled towards what people think I should be doing, it's not actually filling me up. So then I want to do the things that fill me up. But then that actually does yeah, – it feels like it, at this juncture, it feels like it could draw me clo- away from some close relationship. Mm-hmm. So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. And Julie, I wrote down the question after you, um, you sh- uh, had tears – Um, You said, will I be left alone? Yeah. Is that the question question you, okay. That's that's what
3: came, but it, it, because it's, I think the the question in my own time was just like, honestly, honestly, who am I unapologetically? Like Mm -hmm. coming back to such a core question of like, who am I? Because if I have been somebody that actually has conformed to others in the past and even into my adult life, well then wait, who who am I? And what am I, what am, what is hiding behind there that I actually, I keep, to myself and like I apologize for and I haven't yeah I like was connecting to a text with a acquaintance of how I was talking about my present life and I like I do not like, share my the fullness of my present life with basically anyone except for Lexi, Karen, my husband, you know, like nobody else understands that. And so there was like this moment of having someone see it. And then I was like, I know I'm crazy. Like, I don't remember what I said. I'd have to get it out, but I was basically definitely apologizing for it. And then I just, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to apologize for that. It's just who I am, you know? And so then I, yeah, I don't, yeah, and so trying to figure out a way to do that and maybe that is what's still stimulating in who I am, especially at my peak. Like, that's okay, <laughs> but it 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 comes with loss right now or feels like it could come with loss mm-hmm. so that I would be left alone. So. Mm.
1: Julie, there's so many um, rich ones in there. Will I be I left alone? Who am I unapologetically? And then are you a person who conforms? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, in the spirit
0: of like kind of continuing this Maybe call to self inquiry for everyone. I think that I would want to make sure that our listeners know that even without doing this in conversation, this can be a really, really rich thing to do just in a journal or out loud. I talked in a voice memo t- this morning uh, to myself, not about self inquiry, but I can imagine doing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really like letting some space happen um, to ask big questions in lieu of kind of setting these really intentional goals. Like, I, I feel like there would have been so much lost in what you were saying, Julie, if you had just asked, like, how do I take care of myself better this year? Mm-hmm. Like, there I mean, there could be some nice answers to that, mm-hmm. but the heart of it gets lost or the sort of tension that might be there that could keep you from that in three months or three weeks or three days or whatever gets, um, you know, most resolutions fail. Mm-hmm. And these questions feel like there's something that actually allow us to live into something, which reminds me of... um. Uh, Rainer Maria Rilke quote on living the questions in hopes of one day, like, far off living into the answers that we just, like, live these questions and live from a place of, like, asking them regularly and um, tending to the questions and tending to the feelings that come up and slowly maybe figuring them out. So that— I believe, is all of our hopes for listeners um, as 2020 begins. And we hope that you will let us know how the process goes. You can always reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Opal Food and Body. Um, And if you want to learn more about our programming in general, visit opalfoodandbody.com, both about PHP and IOP outpatient services, as well as upcoming events. There's a lot going on at Opal right now. If you're wondering what it is, there's been a really amazing expansion and renovation of the space. Um, and Opal's actually going to be hosting an open house on January 31st from 5 to 7 p.m. So all are welcome. We'd love for you to come over, say hello, and see the space. Um, if you haven't heard about the event for coaches, uh, we are having an event around um, shifting sports culture on January 11th. So check that out if you're interested. Um, and otherwise, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you can join us next time. Thank you so much to Jack Stroll Cultural Center for sound engineering, to Aaron Davidson for the Appetite's original music, and to Hans Anderson for editing. Thanks so much. Join us next time. Bye.